0: Well, last time when I preached, one of the first things, I mean, one of the uh, things the Lord was really burning in my heart was really truly understanding our position in Christ. Not only is a new creation, okay, which is true, because that's what we need to believe is that we are a new creation. But not only that, but we became his children. Okay, give us the right to become children of God. That's what Jesus did. Okay, it's not just that he died on the cross for our sins so that we don't go to hell. Okay? But it's true that he did save us from that. It's true. But yet, the vision, the dream is much greater than that. That is in the Father's heart. So um, so one of the things that, that the Lord started burning in my heart after that was he just started talking to me about arrows. And I was sitting there and said, Daddy, uh, what are you talking about? And the question asked me is, what kind of arrow are you? So I'm going to get back to that. But just let that question linger in your heart. Let that question linger in your head. What kind of arrow are you? And one of the things that the Father has done so openly... And graciously, willfully, by his own choice, is lovers. Okay? Okay. That's a big deal. Okay, he's not because he felt sorry for us, first of all. It's that he willfully, intentionally, thought of you and me and decided that he was gonna introduce us to his own son, that we would become sons and daughters to him. Mm. Okay, because <laughs> sometimes that truth kind of loses because when we fall short of the mark, we have a tendency to feel that we've fallen out with the Lord himself which is not true because the idea of us becoming his children was his idea not mine salvation was not my idea it was his idea So therefore, I am free not only to love him, but I'm free to be by myself. I'm free to be who I am. So whenever you sin, remember this. You're not acting according to your nature of who you are. It does not disqualify you from the Lord. But it does put in that position for you to understand. I'm not being myself, Father. Because this is not who he created me to be. This is not the new creation that I am. Amen? So the good thing is this. The good news is this. The father just did not adopt us into his family and make us new creation, make us children without depositing more things into us. He made sure that he equipped us with all the things that we need. You know, one of those things that he's done very well is he has entrusted gifts and talents that he's deposited in us. And he puts a demand on those gifts so that he can get the return for that which He's put in you, so that he can get the return of that which He's put in you. It's a deposit. So so the things that I want to talk to you about today is the gifts and talents that the Lord has put in us. When He made us a new creation. He gave us gifts. Because the Bible says what? Every good gift comes from what? The father of lights. Yes? Every good gift. So he's very generous in his heart. So he didn't say, well, now you become a new Christian, you become a son, then that's it. Go figure your way out. No, he deposited gifts and talents in us. And part of those gifts and talents is to help us not only in our own personal life but in other people's lives and to be able to build up his kingdom the very kingdom that was released by Jesus himself into this earth the kingdom that continuously is growing he gives us gifts that that kingdom may keep on advancing until the day the Lord Jesus returns himself amen So, so you don't think that these Africans are just trying to make up all this stuff I like introducing and reading God's word itself so that you can know, hey, this was his idea. Okay, this is from Ephesians 4, starting from verse 5 through 8. It said there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is of all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scripture says when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, help me today. Help me, Holy Ghost. And Paul does such a great job. Of listing some of the gifts, not even all of the gifts. He was giving us a taste and an examples of things that the Lord himself has given us. As gifts and talents within us. Okay? So let's look at Corinthians and see what he says there. This is First Corinthians 12. I might not read the whole thing or I might. We'll see. Okay, starting from verse 4. It says, the different kinds of spiritual gifts. But the same Spirit is the source of them all. they are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. Yes? A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another, and then we'll go all the way to the end. But he alone does what? He alone decides which gift each person should have. How that translates to me is this. When the father willfully intentionally chose me to be his son, he also had certain gifts laid out just for me. That he foreknew, that he planned for, that he set aside, saying, When I get a hold of that African, guess what? All these gifts are going to be his. Mm. (laughs) He was very intentional about that part, that he will give and lavish good gifts. That those gifts will keep on multiplying and helping others and building up others and building me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah. And then he goes on. I love Paul. I'll be talking to that guy when I get up there. Because yeah. <laughs> man, he 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 the Lord gave him some great revelation. So this is first Corinthians twelve, starting from verse 18. I'm gonna go through possibly twenty-one. It says, But our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part just where he wants it. I'll just stop right there. Now, in ourselves, when you look at us, okay, we call the body of Christ, right? When you think about that, that time, the body of Christ. My picture that I have in my head is a human body. Meaning that each part has a very special role to play. Yes? Each part. The eye has to be the eye. The hand has to be the hand. The foot has to be the foot. The heart has to be the heart. All that stuff has to function together as one unit. And that's why he says the spirit himself, Holy Ghost, is the one. Such a great conductor. He knows how to conduct that orchestra so that he can walk flawlessly. So he can walk beautifully. But when we run into trouble... Is when we feel like we need to be like the next person next to you. In terms of the gifts that are given to you uniquely, specifically just for you. That's the trap that the enemy tries to sow into our hearts and into our minds. Which is, if you're not up here preaching, then you're less of a Christian. Or if you're not out there serving the poor, then you're less of a Christian. Or... You can name all sorts of lists. You can go down the list and all that stuff. But the truth is this. For each one of us have been allotted a faith and a grace. For the gifts that we have. There's no need for comparison. There's no need for competition. There's no need to try to do somebody else. Because it's all the same body. How will it feel... If I walk up one day, my hand says, Man, I don't want to be part of you no more. <laughs> How crazy is that? If in the physical, it's impossible for my arm just to detach itself and go about its own business. <laughs> How's he gonna get nourishment? It needs the mouth. Because the mouth needs to eat the food. It needs the belly so the belly can digest our food. You need the intestine so that it can absorb all the nutrients. So they can go into the blood, so that the arm can be nourished, yes? Mm. Can you imagine if your head decided that he doesn't want to be part of the body anymore? Or the left hand got mad that the right hand gets to do more stuff. So the left hand stopped punching you. Say, I hate you, I don't like this deal. Why does the right hand keep on, why does he keep on doing all that stuff? But I don't get to do nothing. Or oh, the eyeball gets offended, says, why does the mouth get to eat all the time? But I don't get to eat. So the eyeball says, I'm out of here. <laughs> Sounds crazy, doesn't it? But the eye is the eye. Its gift is to see. Its gift is not to talk. Yes? The nose is a nose. His gift is to smell. The nose is not supposed to see. And it should be content to smell. Unless, you know, amen. We'll leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> you only loosen up this morning a little bit. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, help me this morning. Amen. All right. Help, Lord. That's right. So let's keep on going. Okay, so I'm not, there's some things that I'm, I'm going without saying, because you've read 1 Corinthians 12, hopefully. So there's some things I'm leaving at, because I can't read all that stuff. It's just too much. I don't have enough time for all of it. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 12, starting from verse 27. It says, all of you are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Okay. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First, the apostles, second, the prophets, third, they are teachers, and he goes on down the list. Miracles, gift of healing, to help others, the gift to leadership, the gift to speak unknown tongues, which sometimes I think I have that gift. Because some people say, What did you say again? I said, I promise you, I'm speaking English. He said, It sounds like something else. I'm going, All right, Lord. <laughs> this gift, This gift is. Running over. Ah, here we go. 29, he goes and says, are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in our own languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret our own languages? Of course not. Because if the Lord has not given me that gift to do healing, guess what? I don't need to feel condemned because whenever I lay hands on somebody, they're not getting healed. Mm. It's gonna sink in as we go. Today the Holy Spirit wants to set you free. The Holy Ghost wants to set you free. And then on top of that, not only set you free, he wants to set you on fire. So that that gift that you have may absolutely operate fully as He desires. As he wills it, with our cooperation. It's fun. It is absolutely a lot of fun. Let me tell you something about myself. I am an introvert. Most people will not think that. Because I'm standing in front of people. Because most of my professions that I have are teaching, which I'm in front of people. Interact with people because I'm a pastor here. All those things. But in my natural band, Willie, is I'm pretty content just to sit at home. And be quiet. That's how I get replenished, energy-wise. So what you see is the gift the Father's giving me in operation. Mm. So the Lord knows where where he puts you and why he puts you there. Because I remember when the Lord brought the idea for me to be a teacher, I thought he had lost his mind. I said, Lord, mm. <laughs> I said, did you forget? I'm extremely shy. I don't care to stand in front of people. And those are too many eyeballs looking at me. I was like, no. And then on top of that, Lord, I, I, I went to public school here, man. I, I might kill some of these kids, Lord. I might, I might be in jail, Lord. You must have got the wrong person. So I didn't say anything actually about it. And I remember that's the day... Oh, Larry Fall is now here. Okay, the way I got into the teaching thing, Larry Fall gets up there and says, Hey, I'm looking for a math teacher. So if you're interested, please come see me. Come talk to me. And I remember the Holy Spirit saying, Oh, that sounds like you, son. I remember go, No. Mm-mm. Then my wife nudges me at the time. And she goes, Honey, that, that sounds like a pretty good opportunity. I said, um. I said, I said, lady, I don't know, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, but she was just conforming with what the Lord had already spoken to me. Okay? And at the time, we're not marry, we're just dating. I end up having to, not having to, but I build up the courage to go ask for her dad for hand so I can marry her. Okay? I had no job at that time. I've been knocking through every single door possible to get a job. Cause I was trying to go back to the field that I was in when I was in Maryland, but nothing opened up. So, get there to New York, you know. Marion, how did I have a conversation? You know, I'm, I'm like I'm in this state of trying. You know how you're trying to prepare a good speech, (laughs) So so you can make all the, so you can be very impressive. Well, the Lord disarmed me from all that. Because he came to me and he said, "Welcome to the family." I didn't have, I didn't even say another word. I didn't, even, I didn't have the opportunity to even say, "May I marry your daughter?" He just said, "You will come to the family." So one day we're sitting on the table by, by this table. <laughs> Thank you, Brianna. <laughs> you making me blush. <laughs> Mercy, Lord. So, so we're sitting, we sitting at this dining table, right, and we're having this... Pretty truthful conversations and stuff like that. I said, So, do you have a job? He's married. I said, No, I don't have a job. And, uh, and I'm thinking at that moment, he's going to say, Well, I changed my mind. <laughs> but, but the Lord was gracious. And he goes, uh, any, any particular thing you've been thinking about? I said, No, nah, not really. And I know that Mary and I had this conversation with him. And he looks at me and goes, Have you ever thought about being a teacher? I said, Man. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Lord. <laughs> I said, I felt like David. Where can I go and hide from you, Lord? Because <laughs> somebody I just met for the first time is saying, "Hey, have you ever thought about being a teacher?" And this, the rest is history. Mister Andrew knows. Okay, the first time I started teaching, I was trembling, my knees were knocking, and I'm not sure I was speaking English at the time. Was I? Nah, can't really see. It. But anyways, but more or less, <laughs> but it was. But it was, <laughs> you know. But the thing about it is this. With all the prophetic words that I had previously, okay, I had no idea how all this stuff was supposed to work together. Because one of the prophetic words got, hey, you're going to be a pastor. And I was like, mm, I won't see that because then I was not pastoring. Okay? The teacher thing, the Lord walked that out. And there's many other things that the Lord had prophesied over me, give me words. And to see the Holy Spirit worked those things out in me and helped me be diligent to really go after and learn those gifts. Okay, there is a part for us too. Okay, it's not just a deposit that he puts and then he wants you to lay dormant. There really is an aggressiveness and intentionality that you need to go after that gift. Once he reveals what those gifts are, then there there is a responsibility on our part to go after it. It didn't matter whether I was shy at that moment. The Lord, I mean, that didn't, that didn't have to tell the Lord. I'm shy, good. I felt like Moses. I started fine, I'll give you somebody else to speak for you. So Moses tried to get out of it, but guess what? Nobody else could do the job like Moses could. Period. That was specifically for Moses. Because the gifts that were in him were absolutely meant to get the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. Because I remember asking the Lord that said, man, I mean, I mean, maybe Aaron could have just taken over, right? But if you notice, the Lord did not, that was not what the Lord had for him. What the Lord had for him was the priesthood. Even when he messed up. You could see the gift manifesting, even though it manifested in the wrong way. When they build a calf, the golden calf, it was really the gift that was in Aaron that was really <coughs> manifesting. But the thing is, it did manifest in the wrong direction because he gave in to the people. But did the Lord disqualify him? No. Because the priesthood lineage came from him. Okay. It was sinking. <laughs> it was sinking, I promise you. Moving on. So you all track with me so far? You good? All right. I'm not as fiery and enthusiastic today, but I but there's a little bit of that. Part of that, I'm, I'm a little worried this morning. But I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit can still speak through me, and that's the good part about it. You know. So yeah, I gotta skip some of this stuff. But I love how Paul put it too. Those gifts, okay, cannot operate outside love. When he said the most excellent way, he said, let me show you the most excellent way, which is what? Love. See, if love is not the center of those gifts, they get really polluted really fast. Because for the gift to operate fully, for what it was created to do, love has to be the central part of it. So, I mean, if you're going to go pray for somebody because you have the gift of healing, compassion rises up in you because you can see that compassion that rose up in Jesus. Amen. And he went, re- he went laying hands on the sick and casting out demons. Because he would look at people and he said, like he was just compassionate for them. He would look at them. And something in his heart will rise up. This love will rise up. And that gift will manifest when he will lay hands on people. And they will recover. Amen. Amen. Now when you think about. Paul himself. Okay Paul and Peter. It looked like they had pretty similar gifts right. But yet. If you notice the grace that was on Paul's life. His ministry was to the who? To the Gentiles. It didn't mean that he could not minister to the Jews. But he knew where the grace was for him was where? With the Gentiles. Peter's grace where he was, was with the Jews. And both of them stayed within where the Lord had given them the grace for it. And you can see the fruit that came out of that. Because I'm a Gentile. His gospel reached my heart. The gospel of his good news. The gospel of his grace reached my heart. When you look at Peter's letters, they're a little bit different from Paul's letters. When you look at John, the apostle John himself, his gift that he had and the grace that was upon him was to absolutely manifest the Father's love. His letters are strewn with love, love, love everywhere. He even called himself the disciple that Jesus loved. It was within that which the Father's grace had put him. And he operated from that part. Without having to feel jealous about Peter. Or feel jealous about Paul? Mm. Because if Paul started making comparisons, him being a devout Pharisee of all Pharisees, and the Lord sends him to a people that are considered unclean, he could not be mad that Peter got the opportunity to minister to his own group of people, but he got sent out to go into a place where the Jews considered very unclean. okay so I'm not going to beat that to the ground I'm getting close here so remember that first question I asked right which is what what kind of arrow are you right so here's a scripture that father gave me and at first I first was like what do you just got to do with with that part until the Holy Spirit really started ministering to me about it this is Psalms 127 it says, children are a gift from the Lord. They're a reward for him. <coughs> children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. We've taken that scripture, which is applied to someone like me or any other fathers that are around in the room. But remember what I said in the beginning. We are children of God, right? So, that part of children being a blessing. They're like arrows. Can be translated the same thing into the father's hand himself because we become his children. So we are his reward. So we are his arrows because he's a great and mighty warrior. So within his hands we are very powerful individuals. (laughs) Oh Lord. I told you, the Lord is going to free you today. Within his own hands we become that which he says. Born and are like arrows in a warrior's hands. I want you to picture yourself in there. I want you to put yourself in that part. You are in your father's quiver of arrows. And he has bestowed on you to be his child. So you have been welcomed into his family. So he pulls the out that you are. Wherever you are. Miracles, healings, apostles, whatever it is. And he fires it straight into the earth. Into the enemy's camp. And that gift that came from him. Shoots it into that place. And absolutely causes havoc in the kingdom of darkness. say that again. God is so good. Thank you. (laughs) We have such a great father. We are loved so deeply by the father. So deeply that now we become arrows in his quiver and he can launch us anywhere where he would like. That's why he says he gives them as he wants dispenses according to his own will. Not according to my will. According to his will. That's why Jesus said, not mine, but yours be done. Once that is discovered, he said, not mine, Lord, but yours be done. The enemy has strived and he has gone after it to cause this confusion. So that we can lose who we are, first of all. And then completely lose the gifts that he's given us. That the Father himself has given us. That we have no idea. How we fit. Where we fit. And to the kingdom of darkness. Confusion. Is one of the key things. But once you start settling in And understand what your gift is. The kingdom of darkness gets really scared. Because then we start pounding on the kingdom of darkness. And extending the father's kingdom. In the places that we go. So if you. Are an evangelist arrow. The Father shoots you out so he can go and minister to people and brings many souls to the kingdom. Yes. Some of you have that passion that burns in your heart. You don't have to be in the pulpit for that to happen. You could be at your workplace and that will happen. You could be at schools and that will happen. You could be in a coffee shop and that will happen. The world is not confined to one place. In this place, we're called to build each other up. But out on that place, we're called to bring more into the kingdom of God. So you know the things that are burning you. You know the passions that you have. When he says that Christ ascended and he left gifts for his people, Paul just listed a few. It's not even a lot, just a few. There is bakers, there's mechanics, there's teachers. Lord, you hear me, right? I'm telling you. You're not confined that your gift should just operate in the church. Not everybody can be a pastor. Truthfully, if everybody was a pastor, it would be hard to hear somebody preach to you. Because people go, mm, mm." I couldn't say that different. That's a pastoral thing that you have in your heart. I don't know about you. Okay, somebody got it. (laughs) So... But I'm telling you. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> oh gosh, Lord. All right. Let's move on. Let's look at Romans twelve, six through eight. Okay. It says, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Anybody catch that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Amen. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. If it is given, give generously. If God has given you a gift for leadership, Take the responsibility seriously. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Not even notice. That is just some of it. It's not even all of it. That's right. So if you have the gift of kindness, guess what? It's okay. Give that heart. If you don't have the gift of healing, don't worry about it. The Father didn't give that to you, so I don't have to worry about that. So I'm gonna go after the kindness as hard as I know how to go after and be diligent in to see that manifest, to see that come forth. And that, I promise you, causes havoc in the kingdom of darkness. So, you being yourself and you having a gift matters to the Father. Because He's not a cookie cutter. So, He's not saying all oh, the cookies should have the same shape, taste the same. I'm an African cookie. What kind of cookie are you? Hey, amen. Amen. You all track it with me? Yeah. I'm telling you. The Holy Spirit wants to set you free this morning. Yeah. Yeah. To allow that gift that you have to really manifest in you fully. Because yeah. the world needs it. Yeah, right. yeah. Dr. Lenora Burning, she has a gift to be a doctor, an excellent doctor. Right. She doesn't have to preach to feel to have validation. The gift the Father's putting on is to take care of people and help them in their sickness, help them with the medication, all that stuff. Mr. Michael here is going to be an engineer. Who knows what the Lord might do with those gifts, what way it is? Even if the Lord has called you to be a pastor, but you are working for a particular company, in that same place, you can still be a pastor in that company. You don't have to be up here for that to be the case, amen. So just be released and be free, just to be who you are in the same in that place that the Father's put you. You will find more satisfaction than trying to get out of it, because some of the lies that the enemy says is just, you got to get into ministry. Here's what it's supposed to look like. Who said so? Who said so? Who conformed you to that? It is not in the Bible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. I want to close with this. Okay. Something I read in the Old Testament. For you all ladies, you should be happy to hear this thing I'm about to say. (laughs) (laughs) I promise you, you'll appreciate it. (laughs) You appreciate it quite a bit. (laughs) Because we all have the same Holy Ghost. I just want to say that to ladies. You have the same Holy Spirit. (laughs) Amen. You have the same Holy Ghost. My kids have the same Holy Spirit. What we just need to settle is knowing that we're really loved by the Father. And he is not keeping a record or giving us grades according to, mm, amen, I'll just leave it there. So, it's <laughs> like Tony over here, he, he's a great engineer, man. He was showing me some of the schematics that, that he has, for buildings, to me it was like, it was like something from another planet. I said, what is that? Oh, those are pipes. They don't look like pipes. <laughs> I said, what is that? That's a door. Mm. You could have fooled me. <laughs> but, but that's his language. Yeah, that's right. I just leave it there. Yeah. And he's done it well. If you've been to a Linux pizza, he's designed that thing. Jacob will That's a gift manifesting. And that means the anointing that was in him, got on those plans, is in that building. Don't want to limit yourself, people, at all. Because that which you touch yep. is the same thing as the Father touching it. Yeah, right. And something gets on it. I remember Becky giving a story about going through Starbucks drive through and there was this lady that was just having stuff going on manifesting, whatnot well, and Becky just started releasing some anointing. And, oh, let me pray for touching her. Say, oh, Lord, touch her. Yeah. Holy Ghost broke, moment broke over there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Now, this is a really obscure story from 2 Samuel, Okay. And this is when David, okay, had been had sinned, and he had a lot of trouble, and his son Absalom was going after him. And he fast forward, Absalom is dead. Now he's back. Okay, King David is coming back, and he's ordering his temple, I mean his uh, palace, and all this other stuff. So he's trying to make sure that the people are still with him. Okay. So there's a few people that he felt unsure about, okay? And one of them was this guy called Sheba. And King David being a warrior, okay, he takes no prisoners. That was his gift anyways. He was a warrior, man. And he took no prisoners. King Solomon was not a warrior. No. And you can tell. The Lord didn't put King Solomon at a moment... He needed to go to war. He put King Solomon because he was wise. a gift that he gave given him was better to manifest and lead a nation in a different way from David. David was supposed to go and conquer the enemies. King Solomon was supposed to leave the peace and bring that peace in an area that was already conquered. No competition. Mm. All right. So here you go. Okay, so... Joab, which is King, my, King David's commander of the army, went down chasing this guy Sheba to this particular town. So they found out where he was, okay? And they're ready to lay siege on that city. They're going to break down the walls to get this guy. The they are like, those people, I don't want to mention them people, man. They're like, we're going to break this wall down. We need to get that guy because he's not with King David. He's going to cause a lot of issues. But there happened to be this one woman that was there. While Job was about to besiege that city, and they start from Second Samuel, starting from uh, uh, Second Samuel 20, starting from verse 17. Okay, and this is a conversation between Job and the lady. And he goes and says, as he approached the woman, asked, "Are you Job?" "I am," he replied. She said, "Listen carefully to your servant." "I'm listening," he said. Then she continued. There used to be a saying, if you want to settle an argument, ask advice at the town of Abel. I am one who is peace-loving and faithful in Israel. Just think about how she's describing herself. I am one who is peace-loving and faithful in Israel. But you are destroying an important town in Israel. Why do you want to devour what belongs to the Lord? And Job replied, believe me, I don't want to devour or destroy your town. That's not my purpose. All I want is a man named Sheba, son of Bichri, from the hill country of Ephraim, who has revolted against King David. If you hand over this man to me, I will leave the town in peace. All right, the woman replied. We will throw his head over the wall. (laughs) <laughs> this is in the Bible. <laughs> okay, so she goes and she said, "We'll throw his head over, over the wall to you." I'm trying to keep a straight face. Then the woman went. Okay, then the woman went to all the people with her wise advice, and they cut off Sheba's head and threw it out to Job, so he blew the ram's horn. And called his troops back from the attack. You probably wondering why I have that story up there, right? <laughs> but I want you to think about it. How did that lady describe herself? I'm one who's peace-loving and faithful. Notice what she did for that particular town. The town was getting ready to get destroyed. But her gift saved the whole entire town from destruction. Because those people, Job, was going to destroy everybody in that town. Because they were saying, you're harboring a fugitive, you're all guilty. That's how they operate. They, they were going to wipe out everybody. But this woman's gift. And she knew herself so well that she described herself as such. I'm peace, loving, and faithful. And she was wise. So she used the wisdom gift that God gave her. The faithfulness that she has because she loved the people, the peace that was in her, which is to release peace, and that town had peace. <laughs> I'm not messing with Becky, man. I, I'm going to preach from this side. <laughs> <So we can. laughs> It's it's about it's about to get on in here, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh mercy, Lord. Oh Lord help us. <laughs> <laughs> Amen? Amen? So if you notice what took place there, did she go to war? Was that gift warring? Her gift was really simple. She used it well. Saved a lot of people. And she had enough influence that when she said it, the men agreed with her and said, yes, let's throw this head over. <laughs> Can you imagine what Shiba is thinking? He's going, man, man, no, 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 no. You cannot group. Don't group with that lady, man. Chop, head over. <laughs> Save a whole time. Anyways, that's really, yeah, I'm really done. I don't, have, I don't have anything else to say. But I do have something to pray. Okay. I don't have anything more to say, but I have something to pray. So why don't we just stand to a feet. I just want to release that. Okay. I just want to release that. That if you don't know what your gifts are, that the Holy Spirit absolutely reveal that to you. And then once you know, I pray that he will empower you by his grace that you absolutely diligently go after those gifts because we all need those gifts. Like, truth, we all need those. We need those gifts to manifest in the body. We need those gifts to manifest outside. Whatever that is. If it's being a missionary, do it well. Go after it. Amen? So, Father, your water going forward, Daddy. You love us and you desire to see us be joyful in the things and the gifts that you've given us and the talents you've given us. Because it's with joy that we do that. So Father, I just ask you, Father, right now that you just release the joy first. That they will fill that joy within their own belly that will just bubble up. And they will rise up and they will get excited. That we all get excited for the gifts you've given us. And Father, that there will be a manifestation. An understanding of those gifts. That by your grace will operate in them. So release that into the room, Father. Release that into our hearts this morning. And just say, I receive it, Father. Father. It's that simple. It's that simple. So that's all I had to say.